Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me via Skype on this Monday evening is my friend Mike Leboff. And uh, Mike, are you ready for Thanksgiving, which is only a couple of days away? Yeah, definitely ready for it. And uh, the night before is is another Islander Ranger game, which uh, which is kind of weird. And then, uh, yeah, I guess I guess we're, Thanksgiving is kind of the unofficial, like it's not early anymore, part of the mm. N- NHL season. Yeah. That's how I now think. Now everything it is. really matters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, like there's the preseason and then there's the regular season. It's like, all right, well, now it matters. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Like Thanksgiving is really the time when it really matters. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. You can tell because that's about the time when the Islanders go on a, you know, 11 game losing streak and like City Cros- <laughs> City Crosby all of a sudden is like got 13 points in three games and is at the top of the uh, right. this league scoring race. So that's that's Thanksgiving. Right, I, I always find it funny. Like, I, it always feels like it goes from November to the like the All Star game in a, in a day and a half, and you're like, what What happened to December? Like, it was just where where all these games go? But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a weird. Uh, you know, I, I don't think any of us thought that the Islanders would be in playoff position at Thanksgiving, but 
Uh, they do have a game on Wednesday, which is weird. That's uh, going to be a fun, make for a lot of fun Thanksgiving Day conversation, I guess, uh, following that game. But, uh, you know, I think uh, even if they lose to the Rangers, they'll still be in, in a playoff position or at least you know pretty darn close to it. And I don't think any of us really thought that that would be the case. Uh, and I, that doesn't, you know, Elliot Friedman's got his thing where the, you know, teams that are in playoff position by American Thanksgiving, like, make the playoffs 99% of the time or something like that. And I think, you know, there's still a very, very good chance that the Islanders are one of those teams that aren't in the playoffs at the end of the day when, when it's all said and done, even if they're in playoff position at this time. But I mean, so far, you know, there, there've been some hiccups and we're going to talk about a big fat honking, disgusting hiccup from yesterday in a few minutes. Uh, but I mean, all things considered, I mean, this has been a, a, a way more successful first two months of the Islander season than I think any of us really thought. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The the we're we're all thankful to tie into the ah, yeah. I'm very I'm very <laughs> I'm very thankful that the Islanders are where they are. Um, because you know, I I usually have like a stats page up in the background for for quick reference here, and you just you just look at this roster and you're like, all right, you can count the there are ten good players and you know four, thirteen or fourteen bad ones, and and they somehow are <laughs> are doing well with most of those ten good players not really playing all that well. Like that's the thing too. Yeah, yeah. It's they like, have like three good players that are playing like good players. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh one of those is is Brock Nelson, who's played really well, even into November. Look at that. Maybe maybe uh, you know, we'll have to keep coming up with uh punny names for, for months as Brock's uh, season continues. Uh Anthony Beauvillier joined this, which was great. Hey, thanks. He he had two <laughs> goals against uh, he had a hat trick. What am I talking about? Yeah, hat two goals, forget there. No, he he went on to he had a hat trick. In uh, Wednesday's game against the Rangers, uh, which I guess you know we'll, we'll start with right there, um, I you know we talked last week, and I mean we're always nervous whenever they play the Rangers, but and and frankly every Rangers Islanders game feels like complete chaos. Like I don't know if I'm the only one who feels that way, but I feel like every one feels like you know the the entire infrastructure of the NHL is going to crash down. You know depending on who wins. Uh, but this one actually was sort of like complete chaos. <laughs> one, the Islanders won seven to five. Um, the Rangers scored like two goals in like you know two seconds to start the game. The Islanders tied it. They took the lead. The Rangers tied it. The Islanders broke the game open, and then they got into penalty trouble in the third period. Rangers started clawing their way back. The Islanders iced it. But um, after the game, uh, Barry Trotz. You know, I don't think any coach is going to be happy with a seven five win uh, or a seven five loss for that matter. But um, you know, Barry Trotz called out Matt Barzell. He didn't play for like the last seven or eight minutes of the third period because he took a, a pretty dopey double minor and call, let the Rangers basically creep right back into it. And that's the kind of stuff that's going to piss the coach off. And that's kind of but kind of a running theme we're going to talk about here. Pissed off coach uh, even after a win. But, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem with with what he did. I mean, that he's got a point like. You know, they had the game totally, totally in control. Of course, I watched in the condensed game because I don't watch Islanders Rangers games live because I'm a crazy person. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can't be doing that. And, um, you know, I think the, uh, one thing Trot said was, uh, you know, you do it once and hope to never have to do it again. And so we'll have to see. I mean, they made it through another game without having to do that. But uh, that was a fun one. I don't expect a repeat of that game tomorrow night. In fact, I would bet that one or one of these two teams is going to win that game two to one just because it's just for the for fun of it. But uh, uh, what did you make out of that one? I mean, was it as crazy and insane as it seemed in the video the day after, or maybe not so much? Yeah, it felt like it was like 1983 or four or something, you know, like <laughs> nobody was making a save. The puck was like just 
brushed one way, brushed the other way. Um, yeah. yeah. It's really funny how Henrik Lundqvist always seems to have some of his worst games against the Islanders. It's really yeah. – you know, I've, j- I've jinxed them for, for Wednesday, but so far that that's kind of held up. It, it's kind of weird that way. It's funny. The I used to think that a goal – when the Islanders played the Rangers, this is probably – pre-Rangers making the Stanley Cup. So that is the like the kind of precipice of this theory is that I used to think that Henrik Lundqvist was when the Islanders played was a minor miracle because they just never really did it. And then since <laughs> since they made the Stanley Cup, they yeah, he's like once the Islanders got Yar Halak, like he he got scared of him. There was just some <laughs> there's some weird stuff going on, but yeah, he uh he hasn't played well against us in a while, which is uh, really strange and scary because it's going to all He's due for a 72 saver. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very weird, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it was just um, it, it was a fun game to watch. I think it was one of the Islanders' better games. I think I know, I know they gave up a lot of they gave up a lot of shots, but you know, I, I don't know how many. I don't remember how many of them were high danger. Uh, now that I think about it, I think probably were okay. Maybe it wasn't one of the Islanders' better games, but they did score a lot of goals. And I mean, the best takeaway from it was Anthony Beauvillier had his hat trick. Uh, great to see a guy get his first hat trick. And boy, if somebody needed a goal in that game, it was definitely him. But to get three, um, you hope that it propels him to do better. He had another game, a goal on on Sunday against Dallas, which we're going to talk about again in a few minutes. But um, you know, he's a guy. He's you know, he's kind of representative of the Islanders' top six as a whole. Like he he hasn't played poorly, but I don't think that there's by any stretch of the imagination they've played as well as they can. And according to Trotz's comments, you know, Bo was kind of taking it hard that he had gone so long with just the one goal. And, uh, you know, I you kind of like to hear that he's he's taking it seriously and he's taking it hard. But at the same time, I, you know, you don't want him to, like, beat himself up and, and drag, drag that drought out a lot further. And you you wonder how many other guys are kind of like that, too. But, uh, you know, they're kind of getting by by the strength of their bottom six, in particular the, the much maligned third line, uh, which now features Anthony Beauvillier doing the scoring with Val Filppula and Leo Komarov, who have now become the sort of engine that's driving the Islanders. And that's both hilarious and kind of scary. And it's, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't want that necessarily. I'm glad that they're, you know, seem to be getting stuff done, but man, that's a, that's a very scary spot to be in. Yeah. Talk about, uh, talk about the line to break somebody out of a slump. You know? Yeah. Here, yeah. Right. How, how are you gonna fix it? Uh, let's just throw him with like two of the worst forwards in the league and see what happens. And it worked. <laughs> like I, 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 it's it's funny because people will make fun of Barry Trotter for that kind of stuff, and it's definitely kind of throwing, uh, it like it's not, like the data will definitely point to doing the exact opposite of that. But there are just some things that you are gonna that work because he's probably seen him in the past. Maybe he notices like those two are you know more responsibly defensively. So so Beauvillier can maybe freelance a little bit. Whatever it was, it worked. Uh, and the the that line is they had a, they were the only ones who really showed up yesterday too. Yeah. Uh, so I I mean I, if it if it ain't broke don't fix it. I don't think it's gonna be a you know, 20 game thing. But if for right now it's, if they're going to, if they're going to, what they're doing, I'm, I'm okay with uh, leaving those three together. Yeah. I mean, this is also a situation where that, that line was kind of put together because Andrew Ladd is hurt now and he's hurt. He's out indefinitely. Like, yeah. We don't know, well, this is the we Islanders. Know what is wrong. This is the Islanders backup bottom six. Cause their other about <laughs> their other bottom six is 
everybody's hurt. They all, they, they, yeah, Martin, Sezikis, yeah, right? As soon as as soon as soon we finished recording on Tuesday, the Islanders basically injury dumped everybody. It was yeah. like <laughs> seven That's different right. players hit the, hit the injured yeah. reserve. It, it was a hat trick of IR uh, guys. Uh, Ladd, Sezikis, Martin, they all went on. Martin was was retroactive, and he 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 could be back. I don't know if he's if uh, Trotz mentioned it today. He could be. I mean, he could kind of be back anytime. So Zekas was two to three weeks, and Ladd is just out. Like we don't know what his deal is, and you know that's kind of put together this this Beauvillier Kamarov Philpo line. And so far, things have been okay. Um, but you know, this is kind of a problem that the Islanders have had for a long time. Is that again that margin of error is very very thin. Right now, Steven Gianta is playing in place of Casey Zekas, who you could argue has been one of the Islanders' better forwards the whole <laughs> season. And, um, you know, Trotz said his uh, the Geo line was was fine uh, against Dallas. Um, but, I mean, there's, we can't keep going on. Like, how long <laughs> is, is Steven Gianta really supposed to play up? I, even he would be surprised, I think, to be up here for a second week. Uh, and they need to get Casey Zekas back, and hope, hopefully he'll be back to where he was earlier because uh, he, he had been playing really, really well. Uh, and the Islanders need that because, again, their their top guys aren't really doing much. And that brings us to yesterday, and um, they uh, or I should say Sunday. Dallas Stars come in. They had beaten the, the Boston Bruins one nothing in overtime on uh, Friday. First, apparently, according to the MSG broadcast, first ever one nothing overtime win in Stars history, I guess, including the Minnesota North Stars, which is pretty remarkable. When you think about it, it's a lot of games. Um, but, uh, you know, you always kind of hope for that sort of your, your home matinee, West Western Conference team coming in. Maybe you catch them napping a little bit. That was obviously not the case. The Islanders lost 6-2. to two. They had a fine first period. Everything looked great. Bavillier had another goal. Start, You know, it was, it was a fairly evenly played period, although maybe you give the Islanders a bit of an edge there. But, man, the second period started, and right from the jump, the Islanders were just not into it and gave up four straight goals. And at no point looked threatening in any way, shape, or form to stop that <laughs> deluge. They pulled Thomas Grice at one point. He let in two really, really bad goals, and we'll talk again about him in a minute. Uh, but Robin Leonard came in and didn't really, you know, the goals that that beat him were one was a real like a trick shot uh, past the from behind the net where Alex Radulov basically banked the puck off the the backboards right to Tyler Sagan, who scored a fairly easy one. You can't get beaten there. And then Leonard in the third period got beat by Radulov on, for two goals. One was a, a breakaway he, and a backhander that he just lasered into the top corner of the shelf. That was like some kind of all-star game shit. That was pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to stop that. And, um, it, you know, the Islanders scored um, early in that period to make it four, two. And you thought, Oh, maybe they can mount a comeback, but they just, they didn't have anything and, and didn't put up much of a fight after that. And after the game, Trotz was, was pretty pissed off. I mean, he said, uh, you know, he, he heard that Grice had, had taken the blame for a couple of goals, but he wasn't going to let the players hide behind the goalie this time. They just didn't play it. And he's not going to, if they got to go one-on-one, they're going to make them play one-on-one. Like they have to, they, they deviated from the game plan. Their controlled entries were not controlled at all. They were passing when they didn't need to to pass the puck and it led to turnovers and it led to goals. And he was, he was pretty ticked off. <laughs> and, and I got to say, some of the players look pretty ticked off too. Brock Nelson, Mr. Super laid back seemed pretty ticked off too, that they lost. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you have to say because you were actually at the game. I watched it at home and it was depressing enough, but you were actually there, which must have made it like ten times worse, right? I mean, just seeing it happen live, <laughs> feeling so helpless about it. Yeah, that, uh, I think that, was pr- that will probably be my last time at Barclays Center, maybe ever. Um, which uh, 
is what it is. Wow. Yeah, so it was a out with a, a whimper, not with a bang. <laughs> but uh, yeah, seems about right when you think about it. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, it. I felt really good about the game going into it. The Bovillier goal was was great. Komarov, like there were like three really great passes on that play. Um, yeah, including the the Komarov one at the end. And uh, but then yeah, they that four goal, whatever it was, the outburst the stars had. That was like the worst eight to ten minutes of hockey I think I've seen the Islanders play this year. <laughs> and then and I said it on the last podcast, and I know they came back from the rain in the Ranger game, but you know it was really early. The Islanders just this team is especially without Zekis and uh, Lad, like they're not going to come back. Um, you know, three three or four one. This you're th- that means you're throwing. You're going to need you know Steven Gianta's line to produce a goal and. There was a time when I think Gianta was still on in a shift and Kamarov was on the ice and Kunakel or something and uh, Lucas Spisa. And I was like, the Islanders right now have maybe four of the worst players in the <laughs> NHL. And they're all they're they're all on the ice at the same time. Oh, my God. You know, like oh, uh, and, and it was just for a second or two. And I just and it hit me like half like and we said it in the beginning of the season, like half this team is good and half of it is bad. And when you're down two two or three goals like you're gonna need production from the bad players and uh that's a lot easier said than done and they looked at they looked apart i mean like it the, the fr- that's like the frustrating thing about what there's so there's there's an opportunity opportunity here to make something out of the season and you just hope they don't squander it on you know giving guys like gianta and uh you know lucas pisa the a, a longer leash than uh any other team in the known universe would and that's like my great fear going into this next next stretch of games uh especially if Sezikis and Ladd and and those guys are out for a a a good period of time and just with like the way Hosang is producing I know Del Cole played he I thought he looked good I'm I mean he looked he he looked like the part he looked the part he the the, just is completely just me anecdotal me watching him but he didn't look slower than everybody else he looked like he knew what he was doing and uh, he was playing with Steven Gianta and he still didn't, you know, and he still did that. So, yeah, I, I don't know if I would have had him playing with the Gianta line. I had some, some need rider flashbacks right there, but I guess the only other option, if you want to keep Bavillier on the third line would have been to have played Del Cole on the second line with Nelson and, uh, and Eberle, uh, which might've been a, maybe a bit of a, too much of a promotion for the kid right right from Bridgeport. But then again, he's played really, really well this season, so maybe it would have been justified. But again, I'm not the coach, so I don't make these calls. But uh, yeah, he didn't get a lot of playing time. I think he played like nine minutes. Uh, and again, Trot said the whole line was fine. He didn't really call out. You know, they asked him again after practice today about Del Cole, and he was like, he, I thought he was fine. He didn't really do anything to make me not want him on the team, but he didn't make do anything to make me want to like have him on <laughs> immediately all the time. So uh, I guess that that's a... Not a ringing endorsement, but not a not a uh, you know, he wasn't kicking him off the, to the curb either. But um, yeah, it's it's funny that you mentioned like you know the sort of um, the point of the season it is and and what changes lie ahead. Um, th- th- I kind of get back to what Lou Lamorello had been saying for a while, which is all about evaluation and seeing you know what kind of team they have and and what kind of players they have and who they think they can win with. And so I'm kind of curious as to see now that as we you know again cross this sort of mythical Thanksgiving mark where where he comes in and what he thinks and, and what changes can be made because I think it's safe to say that we know what this team kind of is. I mean, 
the top line players haven't played all that well. Barzell is still a point of game player, even if he hasn't played all that well. And he knows that means that playing better defensively and, and making stuff happen uh, more in the offensive zone. I think Lee has probably played okay. I think Bailey's played totally fine. Um, you know, Everly and Nelson has been great, to be honest. This, this, him and Sezikis have probably been the two best forwards. Um, but I mean, we kind of know what these guys are. And I wonder if Lou knows who they are too. And, what changes that means. Now, the problem when you're in this kind of, you know, you're hovering around the playoff spot, but you're not in the playoff spot and you're not kind of gunning for the Stanley Cup means that he really can't do much. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, Lou's going to make all these changes because he might just want to sit because you never know where this team is going to go. But in terms of individual players, he's definitely got to start to know. Now he's hung around with these guys too much. Like he's got to know. Who's, who he wants to play with and, and who he's thinking about jettisoning, right? I mean, it probably starts with signing Lee to a contract extension now that he's the captain. But, uh, you know, Spiza, eh, you know, this is the first two games he's played in like a month. So, uh, you know, if they bring up Taves or something like that, Devon Taves, I could see them maybe waving Spiza. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of interested to see where it goes from here because they're going to need some help, especially if some of these dudes are out for a long period of time like Andrew Ladd. I mean, and what are they going to do with Ladd? Yeah. I mean, if he comes back, like, then what? Yeah, it's it's it it's not a good problem to have because of the players that are in. It's like you know, most most teams where they're like, oh well, we have like these young players playing well in the minors. That's a good problem to have for the Islanders. It's right. it's not because the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We got like the guys that are playing well. The minors aren't going to get called up because they're yeah. Leo Komarov signed to a four year deal, and for some reason <laughs> Lucas Spies is here. He's he's. You know, him and Lou have yeah. the Italian thing going or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and, like, you know, part of me, I was thinking about this, too. Like, we were, they were talking about the Sound Tigers, I guess, on, on Sunday. Or maybe I was listening to Hockey Night New York today, and they were talking about the Sound Tigers. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of feel like I would like to see them do something this year. I mean, they've been really good. They have, like, the second best record in their division or something. And Although th- that that setup there is is kind of BS, too. Like, I remember the, the, the Sound Tigers had some really, really good record a couple of years ago. And they missed the playoffs because the first four teams make it and they had like the fifth or sixth best record in the conference, but the other four best teams in the conference were all the ones right above them. <laughs> so they missed the playoffs. They got kind of screwed over like that. That's and amazing. so I hate to see something like that. Right. It only only to us, right? That's that's like but, my uh, <laughs> I have an NFL conspiracy theory that the Chargers always finish ten and six and have a record that's but the NFL would always rather the Broncos, Chiefs, or Raiders to get it. So they just say, you know, yeah, you, you, you know, you guys lose some bogus tiebreaker. So, uh, sorry, sorry, we're just gonna let that. Even though you, you have one more win than the Broncos, they're gonna get in instead of you guys. <laughs> See, that means that the Chargers should hire Jeff Fisher so they get yes. seven and nine yes, exactly. every year, <laughs> and then the NFL wouldn't have to worry about. It. But, uh, but yeah, like I mean. But barring some kind of crazy thing like that, I wouldn't mind that much if the Sound Tigers ended up having a better season than the Islanders. I know some people are probably listening to this and going, that's the stupidest goddamn thing I've ever heard in my life. But that would be cool, and I think there would be some value to that because, like you said, Leo Komarov is signed to a four-year contract. <laughs> you know, uh, They have some decisions to make on, on Nelson and Eberle and Lee, and they might hold on to those guys for – a long time this season before they make those decisions. And, you know, that might, this team might sink or swim, uh, you know, in the meantime. And, and, you know, they got goalies they need to figure out, you know, one goalies in UFA, one goalies got one more year left and they got a lot of stuff to figure out. So, uh, you know, it's a, there's one, one half of the, the organization is kind of in transition and the other one has a chance to really do something special. And if they can, Hey, go for it. You know, I mean, it would stink to not watch Devon Tapes play for the Islanders, but 
you know what, if they end up getting close to a Calder Cup or maybe winning a Calder Cup, I, I could see the value in that. And I, I wouldn't be too mad about it. But, you know, here in the present, that means that you might see more games like you saw on Sunday, which would really, really suck. Like, nobody wants to watch that. Yep. And it was – I almost turned it off after the second period. I'm like, eh, I don't want to. But my wife and daughter were at home, so I'm like, there's nothing else on, so what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd really – I'd rather see – like Taves come up and get a shot at some point. I mean, the I think I don't think Letty or uh, has played well. I don't think Adam Pellick's played. I'm I'm waiting for the Nick Letty for Lucas Spiza uh, scratch. I mean, we, <laughs> my God, <laughs> <laughs> we got the we got the Pellick for uh, Spiza a couple times this season, and uh, I think actually Pellick had a longer. I I was very sour on him, and then I started to warm up to him. Um, but I always think he might have had a little bit of a longer leash than some of the other players in under Capuano and weight for some reason. Yeah. Uh, well, he's he's old school, yeah. you know, kind of defensive type. Yeah. So. Uh, so maybe this is good. I think Scott Mayfield's been really him and him and yeah. him and uh, Hickey are like yeah they're perfect really for each tandem. other. Yeah, they're yeah. like the most nondescript defense pairing in the league. And that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but no, but they they do they do complement each other well. Mayfield had a goal. He had that goal that almost you know we all thought might spark a comeback on on Sunday. It didn't happen. And uh, yeah, things are working out. And you know Johnny Boychuk ain't getting any younger. Um, but I I, and I haven't looked at the numbers, and I'm sure they're terrible. But I feel like he's he's been okay this season so far. You know, Letty, I, I you know he's he's such a quiet guy. And he's so he's a low talker, as we've we've mentioned before, and he's so quiet. And I, I really do feel like his heart is in the right place and he wants to be better, but there's just something wrong. And if he was a more chatty dude, there was a point there's a point where we might actually find out what the heck is going on with him. <laughs> but I don't think we ever will, and it's just gonna be a mystery and you know, it's just gonna be like, Well, he's just having a bad season. Or if they trade him, it's like, Well, I don't know what happened to him, he just stopped being good. Um, but it's really, it's really, it's hard to watch because he, he's a guy with so much skill and you want to see so much from him and he's just not giving it to you. And I just don't know what, if I'm trots, I just don't know what else to do. I mean, maybe, maybe he needs like a sports psychologist or something like Kyla Poso went to, <laughs> Hey, maybe, maybe it works, but I don't know how trots reaches him. And, you know, I mean, you can only change the D pairs so much before. Yeah. You get to a point where you scratch the guy. And I mean, if you're already, if you're not off Twitter yet, which you should be, that would be a good day to just get off Twitter. <laughs> the day that they scratch Nick Letty for somebody. And again, I, you know, not that it's gonna it's imminent, but it just seems like that's probably one the last bullet that, that Trots can fire that might do something. It's so but even then, like what's it gonna do? It's so frustrating because you see him and he has like one rush where you're just like, Oh, that's Nick Letty. And then you see him, you know, get back to break up a what would be a two on one or a three on one because he's really fast and you're like, Oh, there's Nick Letty again. And then the rest of the game, you're like, where the hell is this guy? Like, I, I don't understand. I, ca I can't figure it out. Like, most of the time you see him, you're like, oh, like Pellick, for example. I think the, the issue with Adam Pellick is his decision making more than anything. Like, he just just yeah, he, sure. he just has, like, lapses in judgment. Hickey, I mean, uh, Letty is just like, I don't know what it is. He just turns off. And, and uh, it's frustrating because we've seen, we've seen, like, the player he really could be and probably is – is under whatever is going on uh and yeah hopefully you know it's not something where he's you know upset about the way trots is i don't know whatever it is let's just hope it's we, you know you hope it's something that ends up working itself out because he's also now at this point kind of he's playing with ryan pollock and and kind of pulling ryan pollock's game down a little bit uh 
the way yeah. the way he's like it's so the Islanders right and you said you put it perfectly like Boychuk is kind of just it, it's I don't want to say he's plateaued like he's plateaued but that's basically it he's just being Johnny Boychuk and play, yeah. playing it with Lucas Spisa is definitely not going to help uh, <laughs> yeah but you know that so they need they need Nick Letty uh, if they're going to continue you know winning ten out of their first twenty or their next twenty games as well. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think Letty and Boychuk were together again for a little while there, but then I guess they got broken up again. I don't remember why exactly or if it was working or not. I think Trotz might have had them back together again. But um, before I get to Ryan Pollock, because I'm glad you brought him up because I do want to talk about him, the thing that, that about Letty that really drives me crazy is on the power play. Like Their power play is, you know, middle of the pack, and it's okay. Like, you know, they, they went through that long stretch where they didn't, they had, you know, one for 22 or something like that, which happens to pretty much everybody during the course of the season. It kind of sucks. But, uh, again, he's just a guy that has so much skill. You, you think, man, how could this guy not be just a killer on the power play? I mean, between the speed and, and the way – but, you know, the way he moves and, and the way he can kind of corral the puck in a way that a lot of people can't. But then, yeah, his decision-making is, is really suspect and his shot really isn't all that – strong and he gets blocked a lot <laughs> and he's yeah he's like, he's like that Br- yeah. bruno gervais same way like you he had more yeah. more shots blocked than i've ever seen because nick letty loves to it's not even like a real pump fake it's like a half-hearted yeah. pump fake and then he shoots yeah. it right into a shin and you're like well that didn't work he, he needs to go to the mark streit school of pump faking on the power play because nobody did it nobody. better than Mark Streit. Yeah. Mark Streit would he, he would pump fake the entire arena. Yeah, he would, he would break no- a stick on a pump fake <laughs> and you'd be so flabbergasted by the pump stake fake right. that you'd be able to skate to the bench, get another stick, and then get the shot off. <laughs> it was he was un- I've never seen a player with a skill like he was ridiculous and he sold it. He was like Peyton Manning with the play action, like he sold it so well. That y'all knew was coming, but he still got you every single time. It was crazy. So yeah, Nick Light. We need. They need to. They need to hire Mark Streit as pump fake instructor, something like that. Uh, sounds like some. <laughs> sounds, sounds, sounds like a GI Joe with a you know pump fake instructor code name Mark Streit. But uh, you know, so that yeah, with Letty, uh, maybe and it's you know to call back to another former Islander too. Like um, you know, I wonder if it's just that like he's he's just not a great power play guy. Like Michael Grabner was never a great power play guy. And for all of his skill and the speed and, and, and the way he could chip in goals, he just never was used on the power play that much because they just couldn't find a role for him. And maybe that's kind of Letty. Like, he's just he's a really skilled dude that maybe just isn't that good on the power play. Um, but with Pollock, it's interesting because, you know, he's another guy. He's got so much skill, and he's got this massive slap shot that he you know we've been hearing about forever. But my problem with Ryan Pollock is he never hits the net. Dude, <laughs> that slap shot's no good unless it hits the net. And and every time I see him wind up, the next thing I, I hear is, like, and it's just the puck careening off the boards or the glass or another person or a post. And it's like, if he can hit the net, I he's I think that that powerful shot could be a lot more powerful and and be a lot more uh, successful. But I just I feel like he misses the net more than any other player I've ever seen. And he just he winds up, and it's almost like the opposite of the the Mark Stripe pump fake. He, he when he winds up, you know he's going to blast it, and then it just goes all over the place, and it never ends up being anything. And sometimes it, it leaves the zone, and it become makes almost makes more problems than it should. Uh, this is completely anecdotal, of course, but it's just it's become very frustrating that he's got this this you know really really cool weapon that he can use, and it's never aimed right. Like it's kind of like a very powerful gun without a scope. Like it's just that it's completely you know it can't hit the target 
even when it's close up. But but I, to me, he's like he might be the second most skilled player on the team behind Barzell. The way he skates, and I'm amazed by something Ryan Pollock does every time. And then he misses the net on a power play, and I'm just like, oh come on, dude, seriously. Yeah, he definitely. I think he you he, he definitely has like the next most impressive like skill set, complete skill set. Uh, and <laughs> it's funny you say that. Somebody behind me at the game yesterday was saying, like Pollock fired one, and I think it actually got def- deflected and wide, and it made a real loud noise obviously and, and left the zone and it, and he had he had a ton of room like a ton of room and <laughs> I think uh i think i know the shot you're talking about yeah and he and the guy behind me goes that guy is a waste uh or no he said he said that guy's that guy's shot is such a waste and i and, and i was just i was like in my head i was like he's wrong but you know I, i'm not i don't i'm not mad at him being frustrated because yeah like you said he's got to start hitting the net and um I always, I always think that I always like having, would rather have Pollock on the right, the first power play unit, just because that would open up a lot more space for Barzal to not shoot on the other side. So while while Pollock's missing the net at the point, Barzal will be on the wing not shooting, and the Islanders will then lose, will not not score on the power play, and in, in just like a little bit more dangerous fashion. But uh, then then and then like you know then you can have Letty and Boychuk or something on the second unit. I, but like I'm just I'm so confounded by the both of them. And I think I think the the Letty issue sorting itself out will lead to the Pulak issue sorting itself out. I don't think the other I don't think the other the you know when Pulak starts to find his form, he he did that last year and and Letty really still struggles. So I don't know I don't I think it's gonna have to be uh, Letty is like the one that is going to need to you know, kind of like pick up himself by the bootstraps at one point. Maybe. Um, you know, I think it was Pollock, and if it's not, I apologize. But there was at one point uh, in the game against the Stars where somebody went for that stupid, like, back pass to the, you know, streaking guy to get a zone entry type of deal. And it it it, it was like a half-hearted pass, and it went right to a Dallas player. And I totally forget what, who it was. And they went back the other way. And I don't know. I don't think they scored on that shift. But it was just such a a lackadaisical sort of rote maneuver that you almost wonder if they're, if a couple of guys are kind of getting a little bit too tied up into what they're supposed to be doing and thinking a little bit too much. Letty kind of falls into this category too, where like you can almost see the wheels spinning and he's like, okay, what, what am I supposed to do here? What am, what do they need me to do here? And for sure, Trotz has a lot of, clearly there's a structure in place. They have routes. He was talking about today uh, after the post game press conference and, uh, and how they weren't really running the routes. They were, you know, passing in situations where they didn't need to pass. And they, again, they ended up being turnovers. And so you're not supposed to do that, but you know, you don't want it to become like, you don't, you don't want to lose the forest through the trees. Like you don't want it to get so wrapped up in, well, I, I got to do this in this situation that you completely forget about actually playing the game. And uh, I think that's what happens with the power play sometimes. Like it just gets, okay, now we got to go to Barzell. Now we got to go to Bailey. Now we got to get a shot, but there's a guy there. Okay. So now we go back to Barzell. Now back to Bailey. Now we got, and it just becomes like a rote thing, and then nothing ever happened. And then two minutes are up, and it's over. So, uh, you know, there's still a lot of evaluating going on, I think, and, and there's still a lot of changes. And the the defense is going to be uh, this is never going to be a great defensive team <laughs> for sure. But I think, like you said, when when Scott Mayfield and Thomas Hickey are your best pair, and make no mistake, they are by far. Like there's not even close. Um, you know, that's it's a little bit like having the third line, the Val Philpola, Leo Komarov, <laughs> Anthony Beauvillier line being your best line. Like you're not playing at full capacity and it's going to be on Barry Trotz to kind of get 
those guys where they need to be. You know, those guys still playing well, but get the other guys that are supposed to be playing well above them to play well as well. So good luck with that. <laughs> yep. And, and somehow the Islanders are sitting in a playoff spot. And yeah, it's amazing. Like three players are playing well. It, it really it really is. Um, it's it's unbelievable. And, and I know that, you know, again, they're never going to be. They're never going to be thought of as like a, a, you know, a darling team. Nobody's really out there. We're the only people watching this team. I'm kind of convinced. <laughs> like there's nobody else well, sitting there like, oh, man, I got to check out the Islanders game. No, the, nobody's watching this game. All I nobody's see on Twitter, people just – they hate. I mean the Islanders, are, I guess like to the outside, they're very hateable just because like the Komarovs – like something I never understood about uh, hockey like analytics people and people who are – or in hockey analysts just in general is – like someone like Leo Komarov, who like we know that was a bad deal. It was a bad move. He's not good. But these people like take it personally that Leo Komarov, the Islanders signed him and they hate him and they hate the Islanders for it. It's like they're like they're like rooting against yeah. the Islanders just to like sh- shove it in their face right. that they shouldn't have signed Leo Komarov to a four year deal, which everybody except for one person in the universe <laughs> knew not to do. And that one person yeah. just happened to be the guy who was allowed to had the. Yeah power to sign him and i'm pretty sure leo komarov was surprised that leo komarov got that contract too you know like i think you're exactly right like the only person who who was comfortable with it was is you know lou lamorello um yeah i mean we talked about this in a, in a previous podcast in a previous season like you know those underlying numbers are great and they they illuminate parts of the game that we normally would not see and, and haven't seen and you know they, they you know can call attention to players that might not get a lot of attention because they're doing something right or maybe they're doing something wrong that isn't counted on the back of a hockey card. That's great. But but it also leads to a, a certain line of black and white thinking and, and judgment that is just – I really can't take it anymore. Like it's just so like – you know, now a player – you know, if a guy's Corsi is, you know, 49.2, he's garbage. Like is the guy really garbage? Like does it really have to come to that? Is it – you know, the whole point of these stats I thought was to – illuminate things and, and and you know create more shades of gray and maybe well this guy maybe can do this maybe this guy can do that but instead it just makes everything even more black and white like now there's another reason to dislike this guy meanwhile somebody who's maybe not looking at those stats would be like yeah i think that guy's okay um and so it's it's just it's a really annoying thing that i really can't take and i, I just kind of stopped reading a lot of those articles uh, unless they're, of course, written on Lighthouse Hockey, which I read them all the time. So, but we don't. But you know, like uh, Carrie and, and Travis, they do a really good job. And Spiz, they do a really good job of kind of illuminating what's actually happening. You know, while maybe calling attention to guys that aren't playing well. At least it's not like, well, this guy's just straight up trash. Like it doesn't work out that right. way. But there's a lot of sort of the Twitter, you know, hockey analytics people that are just like. And like you said, then it gets that they take it personally that you know Matt Martin is is you know playing a regular shift like. I can't even begin to describe the the ways in that Matt Martin, what Matt Martin means to Islanders and to the organization, to the fan base. We like the guy. We just like him. And we all know that his, his stats are never going to be good. He's a limited player at best. Uh, he's probably not a regular player on a team that has championship aspirations. But you know what? Man, I like Matt Martin. He's a good dude. He likes kids. <laughs> you know, he does every charity event in the book. He fights people, which is going to be cathartic sometimes. And you know what? Just let the guy be. Like, honestly, just let him be. Yep. He'll retire an Islander and it'll be fine. Exactly. Yeah, like there's no skin off your back if you are in like Whitby, British Columbia, and you're mad that the <laughs> Islanders have this guy. Like, it's, it's not a big deal. Right. Like, And if, yeah. if and if they, they make the playoffs as a surprise team, like, 
them. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it just, no, it always no. bothers me. And I think I just because of like the way it's kind of always been able to separate the two of them. Like I can look at the stats and I could say like, okay, Val Philpola is not good. And I know he's not good, but hell yeah, I'm enjoying watching him do this because it's yeah. funny. And it's not, it's, you know, if, if he didn't do, if people like Val Philpola didn't score like 11 goals in the first three games of the season, like what's the point of even watching sports when, yeah. you know, you can look, just look at a spreadsheet and say, all right, like this is how this game's going to go. Well, I mean, it's another thing too. It's like there, there are players that are acceptable to like and players that aren't acceptable to like. And, you know, the Islanders don't have a lot of players that are acceptable to like. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. It, it's, you know, and they're, they're never going to be the cool kids. They're never going to be, you know, uh, uh, the likable sort of, you know, um, popular team out there that everybody wants to watch. I, I would be very, very surprised to find that that would happen. Even, even if Josh Hosang were up here, the, immediately it would be like, oh, they got to trade him. They got to get rid of him because, he, you know, they don't deserve him. Like, dude, just, just let the guy be, please. Can we, can we enjoy something? But, it's, you know, uh, we don't need to hear that. It, it's also like I, I always love when people criticize the Islanders and the only thing they would ever say would be like, you know, oh, you guys gave Rick DiPietro a 15-year contract. It's like that's what you're going to use against the Islanders? You're talking – in the entire history of this franchise, all of the embarrassing things you need you need to talk about, uh, is Rick even – Rick's contract even in the top ten? Like I don't even know. I mean it's like <laughs> there's a million things that you can make fun of this team for. That's the one thing that people keep going back to. Like it's almost like insulting. Really? That's that's what you're gonna give me? Come on! Like I can do a lot better than that in my sleep. Jeez. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And I, I you know, whatever. I, I kind of like them being kind of the black hats of the league right now. Oh, uh, oh for sure. You know, everybody. If if the you know if the Coyotes or the Hurricanes were were doing this well, people would already be planning for parades. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I I ended up seeing a thing today by accident. Um, <laughs> there's apparently, so speaking of, you, you mentioned before how that Islanders Rangers game was like 1980 style. Um, there was a battle of Alberta this weekend, flames Oilers. And I'm, I'm sorry, man, I, I refuse to take the Calgary flames seriously until they wear these, the throwback jerseys full time. I don't know what the problem is. I don't know who's in charge of their marketing or who wear what uniforms they wear, but that person needs to be fired. And those classic jerseys need to be installed full time. ASAP because they are gorgeous. They have been gorgeous since they moved there in 1980. Just let them wear the good jerseys. I don't get it. The Islanders did it. They came to their senses and wore their good jerseys after a while. Just do the same. I don't get it. It's, it's not rocket science. Just wear the good, wear, wear the best jerseys you have. That would be these jerseys. Anyway, <laughs> uh, the the Flames won. There was a bunch of fights. Uh, you know, uh, Matthew Kachuk was like running guys, and then Zach Cassian wanted to fight him, but then uh, Kachuk turtled and then Cassian got like a, a triple minor which I didn't even know was a thing uh, I guess if you're Zach Cassian that happens and you know guys are getting thrown out and Connor McDavid like bulldogged the guy to the ice it was crazy and so at the end uh Bill Peters the Calgary coach was was talking about how resilient his team was and how he was proud of them for coming back and some Edmonton writer and I don't know who it is I can have my guesses but I don't know who it is was like your guy turtled and he was like yelling at the coach of the team because his guy, one of the Edmonton guys, you know, got thrown out or beat up because he wouldn't fight one of the Edmonton guys. And then one, another Calgary writer was like, you be quiet. You sit down. Shut up. And it's like, what is happening? <laughs> it's just, ah, man, that's crazy. That's cra- the, the Oilers and Leafs continue to have the, by far the most fanboyish media in the entire NHL. It's, Boston it's- is kind of third, but those two guys, those two cities, man. 
they're like they're it's, neck it's and neck. Amazing that that can, you're gonna see it happening too. I know, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, it, I I I remember from from working with Stan. You know, you'd run into guys like that, and you're just like, wait, did he actually just like? I mean, and I guess I should shouldn't talk. Like I was, I remember like, you know, I told my Marty Reasoner story on the podcast, and and I and I remember like almost hugging Mark Streit after they beat the Penguins in Game Two of that playoff series while size bike. But uh, they're just unbelievable, those guys. Uh, I, I at least I knew well enough to get out of that situation, uh, you know, and, yeah. and not make a career out of it. But uh, the, uh, the, uh, the one thing I actually did want to bring up about the Flames, so I'm happy you went there, is that – and this actually kind of ties into the Nick Letty thing. And, and honestly, like kind of like Kevin Shattenkirk on the Rangers uh, has kind of had a very Nick Letty way about him too. He's like completely not good anymore. Uh, <laughs> but Travis Hamannick did that last year. Travis Hamannick was not good. Yeah. I mean he did that a couple of times for the Islanders. He would just be like really, really good one season. Then he'd be bad. Then he'd be good. Then he'd be bad. So he's he's been really good this year for the Flames. So you know, good. Ah, is he really? Yeah, good, ah, good, cool. good for Travis. Um, and yeah, 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 definitely. I, I hadn't realized that, but I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Neither did I. I was actually just like looking into some stuff on the Flames earlier today. I was like, Jesus, Hamannick's been really good. Um, but yeah, and then. Uh, and, and another thing we have to talk about, another segue that's two in a minute, is that Ryan Strom. <laughs> oh, shoot. Holy cow. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, go ahead. Yeah. You know how we're joking around about Carl Hagelin? Like, his, he's going to end up, you know, playing here, that he'll be back with the Rangers and whatever. Yeah. Like, how did we not see that Ryan Strom would end up with the the Rangers? Like, it could. It does make total sense. It could be yeah. obvious. Like, I, I, I could see him. I didn't. I was watching some of the game before. I don't even know if I noticed him if he played in the game or not. But I could totally <laughs> see him in a Rangers jersey, like just being Ryan Strom. So uh, he's going to score on Wednesday. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. I, I was. I, I totally forgot about this. Thank you so much for bringing it up. I can't believe I. This it tells you. Uh, I mean, I guess I had totally forgotten about Ryan Strom for the most part over the last year and a half or so, thanks to Jordan Everly. But uh, yeah, he got traded straight up for Ryan Spooner. Ryan for Ryan trade. Probably a pretty rare. Occurrence uh, in the NHL, uh, the Rangers retained some of Spooner's salary to make the cap fit with the Oilers. Um, this was the second sort of change of scenery trade we've seen in the last week. Carl Hagelin obviously being the first one uh, when he went to, to L.A. for uh, Tanner Pearson. And, uh, you know, he's Strom is definitely going to score against the Islanders at least a goal, if not, you know, yeah. a goal and two it's, assists. It's one nothing Rangers already. The game, the game is forty eight yeah. hours away, and it's already one nothing Rangers. I was pleased to find out that the he's played two games as a Ranger already, so it's not like it's his first game. It's not like his first game as a Ranger will be against the Islanders. Um, you know, I, it's funny because like there have been so many changes since he was traded that I don't know how much bad blood there even is. I mean. You know, the coach is different. The GM is different. Half the players are different. The guy who was the captain was gone. Like, it's, you know, so it, it doesn't feel like, you know, this is going to be like a revenge situation. And I don't, Ryan Strom, you know, we've been talking now about guys, who, I don't know what to make of them, but like, I don't know what to make of Ryan Strom either. He was so good that second year, 50 points. I mean, I've said it a hundred times that he looked like he was going to be the kind of second line center that the Islanders needed behind, you know, Tavares and, and it just never materialized. And, and, you know, I just, I kind of wish, you know, Strom was a talker. So I feel like we would find out eventually 
what it was that kind of led him off the path a little bit. But that was another one. It was just really frustrating that, you know, here's a guy with a lot of skill. And he just, I don't know, he went quiet for a long time. And it's like, man, I don't know what happened. Then he went to Edmonton and, uh, you know, the guys were talking when he when he got traded that he never really had a chance to play next to Connor McDavid all that much. And well, he's not going to get a chance now. So I guess we'll never find out. But I guess Tom McClellan didn't think he was worth the spot there. And that's a messed up team, man. Ah, the Oilers, man, how many more years of McDavid are they going to waste on these like, you know, we, 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 we know as Islanders fans, we know what a wasted Year, season looks like <laughs> like we know what it's like when it's like i mean you're wasting this guy <laughs> and how many how many more cracks at this at this uh, are the others gonna get like it's just i don't know yeah they're, it's they're just, pathetic it's, yeah it's really bad i feel bad yeah you know? there's a lot of good good oilers fans out there and it's just i feel bad yeah well now at least ryan strom's out of there and but unfortunately yeah. <laughs> unfortunately he's he's now with the rangers and going to yeah. tear up uh the Islanders and the Metro and absolutely and uh, lead the Rangers to uh, like President's Trophy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not get too crazy. Now. He's, he's definitely going to score against Islanders, and he's got another year left too, right? So he's gonna he's going to score a gonna, lot uh, against the Islanders over the next yeah next for sure too. Next year too, and then I guarantee he'll. I will make a prediction right now. He will be traded to um, some playoff team. He'll probably for go to like the second round pick. He'll, yeah, he'll, the Penguins. I could see, or um, you know what uh, the. Um, the, the the Rangers have a line to Arizona. They always seem to like some of yeah, the Rangers true. guys always end up on Arizona. So I could see Strom getting yeah, his, his to brother Arizona. plays there too. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. I would say for a second round pick, but you know the Coyotes don't really make like playoff runs. So I couldn't. I don't know if they're going to like get up Ryan Strom to load up for a playoff run or something like that. And I guess stranger things have happened. You never know. But uh, I could see that happening. Uh, or I could see him getting traded to the uh, um, the Habs or another another kind of like Rangers farm club type of deal where they trade or the Panthers too. The Rangers do a lot of trading with the Panthers, I think. So I can see that. Remember when the, the Rangers and the Whalers used to have like a shuttle that used to go back and forth, you know, like it was always Darren Turcott or one of these guys would always end up on the, on the Whalers and come and all, all the good Whalers players would get sent to the Rangers. It was kind of a weird thing, but yeah, it's, uh, it's funny how yeah, teams that like the Island, the Islanders, you know, they've, they've been traded with the Blackhawks and, and yeah. there's the Rangers, yeah, the Coyotes, the Coyotes, and the Coyotes just always take the Blackhawks' bad contracts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's there is some there's some weird. The good thing is like I don't think anybody has like a deal with the Leafs to do stuff because everybody hates them. So pretty much, yeah. yeah, yeah, I could see. And the uh, and the Panthers and Canucks have like the all time strangest route of all time. Like a bunch of any you know they just kind of yeah shuffle off whatever guy just ain't working any, anymore. They'll trade the, each other across country. That's a weird relationship right there but anyway but yeah i think we could definitely put strom down well i guess that's a, that's our segue how about that final segue to uh to the looking forward to the schedule here uh it is uh the islanders have only played two games since we l- talked last but they got a lot coming up here um they play the rangers again uh on wednesday night then they have back to back uh uh friday 4 p.m at newark against the new jersey devils that is a weird weird start time and I don't like it one damn bit. Then the next night they host the Carolina Hurricanes at home. Uh, again, I don't like that one damn bit. And then Monday they host Tom Wilson and the Washington Capitals. Yes, Tom Wilson's suspension is over. So protect your neck. Make sure you wear proper headgear anytime Tom Wilson is in the vicinity because you will get hit uh, when you're not looking because that's what he does. He doesn't, <laughs> he's not a dirty player, though. Remember, he's not a dirty player. It's all a media creation. He's not the guy who keeps getting suspended, you know, twice a year for hitting dudes in the head when they're not looking. 
that's not him. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, he, that was great. That just I, I don't understand <laughs> how you can lack that kind of self awareness, but yeah, I'm the thing I'm looking forward to that game the least. I'm not looking forward to any of these. I feel like this is one of, if not the toughest stretch the Islanders have had since that opening night. You know, open opening week gauntlet against like the Sharks and and Predators and whatever. Um, this is just a tough a tough schedule. I mean, the Hurricanes have done everything but win against the Islanders. So I mean, I, that could be a blowout right there. The Devils, and the the team itself isn't great, but a four o'clock start on the road is just really weird, and I don't like it. <laughs> it just gives me the give me gives me the creeps. And then the thing about the Capitals game is, um, you know, the Caps have kind of gotten a little gotten off to a sluggish start, and I think maybe the Islanders can come out with some jump and take the game, but. I'm interested to see and also terrified to see – you know they're going to ask Trotz about Wilson. Like they're going to just ask him, so what's your take on this? You know, you coach Tom Wilson. What do you think? And now that he's on the other side, you know, maybe they think they're going to get like a good quote about how how dirty a player he is. Trotz is not obviously not going to do that. He's not stupid. He's not going to say like, yeah, this, is guy's, the, this guy's the dirtiest player in the league. I've known for years. <laughs> he's never going to say that. Um, but I am afraid that, you know, that's going to kind of get blown out of proportion and – Tom Wilson will get to rent another evening in the Islanders' heads, which is just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Or maybe we get lucky and Matt, Mil- Matt Martin just pounds him into paste and, you know, we all get – we all have a, a good laugh over it. <laughs> um, but a lot of a lot of weird stuff can happen in that game, and I'm not looking, really looking forward to it. So I'm a little bit terrified of these next four games. But, you know, if the Islanders can split them, hey, that that's pretty good. You know, keep pace. Don't, don't fall off the track yet. Uh, if they can do better than split them, even better. Um, cause then next Thursday they play the Bruins, another situation I don't particularly like. Yeah. That's going to be a 49 this... save shutout for Halak. Oh my God. Yeah. Actually, but, uh, I hope you know... him and Grice play against each other and they both just like play out of their minds and, <laughs> and they, be, you they, know, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, that would they, be cool. They yeah. skate to, you know, they zero zero in regulation and they skate into center ice. The, the lights <laughs> get turned down and they just wave and that's Tip it. of the hat to each other. For, yeah, first, first tie in the NHL since 2005, six. <laughs> <laughs> That would be pretty interesting. I'm here. I'm interested to hear what they have to say. But I mean, neither of those two guys is like very vociferous, so they might not have anything to say about each other at all. But uh, they they were two ma- teammates for three years. So I'm sure they text each other like this is so much easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, I can imagine what it's like for Halak to play with Chara in front of him. Although I think Chara is hurt right now. But um, but you know, the good thing about these four games is if the Islanders can make some hay, it's four division games. I mean, there's there's seven and oh in the division right now, which Bananas. is great. I mean, it also means they're probably due for a loss yeah. at some point, obviously. But uh that's pretty huge if they can take some points from here, you know. Yeah, and, and the first thing I have to address is that's gotta be the first four o'clock start game I've ever seen. Right? It's just so weird. I mean, there's not a whole lot of them. I can't it's I, just so strange. Usually a matinee is like one, maybe three o'clock, six o'clock. Right. Work what whatever. Let's do. Is it um? You know what it is. Um, they always have a float. The NHL always has a float in the Thanksgiving parade. That's like a hockey day in America. Not it's not hockey day in America, but it's like some kind of like NHL showcase or something like that. So I bet there is a one o'clock game that day between two teams that people want to watch. <laughs> and then there's also a four o'clock game against the Islanders and Devils. Like that's <laughs> the game. Oh yeah. By the way, if you're if you're enjoying this, if you fell Black asleep and leave the games, TV on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can check out two other there are other teams in the NHL besides the uh Blackhawks and Capitals and, and they're also playing a game at four o'clock and you can watch it here. Uh so I think that's that. And then there'll probably be like a bunch of seven o'clock games that are gonna like, you know, Leafs Habs or something like big time 
games. And meanwhile, the Islanders and, and Devils are kind of like the filler uh, in between there. So I could see that happening. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I don't I don't like that they have a game the next night. That yeah. that bothers me more than the four o'clock game. The, uh, I liked how you also put it. You know, I'm a, I'm a little bit terrified. I feel like that's a good way for us to to, to <laughs> sum up how we feel about games. Are you very terrified or are you a little terrified? Yeah. It's the thing with Fred says, are you worried? Are you worried? <laughs> I am definitely worried. Worried <laughs> with an E for sure. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm. I would say out of ten, I'm probably at a seven. Yeah, I'm, seven I'm, maybe seven point five. This is just it's a you know if, had they not like gotten their butts handed to them by Dallas last night, I wouldn't be at a seven point five. Yeah. But, but they're they, coming off a really bad game. Yeah, they're coming off they're coming off a bad game, and the way that the Eastern Conference is is if you lose three in a game, games in a row, you're going to be in where the pen, the yeah. Penguins the Penguins oh. the Penguins are still sitting in last place. There's <laughs> they're, they're t- yeah. the Islanders are twenty two points. They're third place in the Metro. That puts them four points off first place and four points from last place. Uh, so that is ridiculous. Um, so weird. Yeah. yeah. And and we always say like the NH Elliot Freeman could kick rocks with his Thanksgiving theory because, <laughs> because you look at the standings right now and it's just an right. absolute mess. Yeah. And no, it doesn't mean, yeah, the NHL is still giving out three points for some games. So you gotta, <laughs> this isn't going to settle itself until like January when you're like, yeah. all right, Two teams are out of it, uh, and then they all say, "Well, the trade, the trade is a it's a seller's market because there's only two teams that are really out of it." We're like, "Yeah, because mm-hmm. the point system is so dumb," and so that's we're, yeah. we're right now we're we're in the uh, the whole the whole standings is just a blob except for like three teams. <laughs> the good news is is if this season might single handedly strike the strongest blow against that whole Thanksgiving Day thing. Because if there's all these teams that are like playoff worthy right now and like four of them don't make the playoffs because they're not that good, um, there goes that stat basically, you know, like it was only it was only a worthwhile stat because it only happened to like two or three teams. Yeah. I, I think four teams it's happened to, but two of them were in like the last couple of years and the Islanders are one of them. So, um, you know, we'll have to at some point, I don't think that stat will be valid anymore. But yeah. It, you know, again. Getting back to it, I you know for all the complaints that we have about a lot of stuff, I think so far, you know, you would have taken this. Oh, I would, yes, yeah. I, I wouldn't have sure. believed you if you told me that the you know, <laughs> yeah they're getting they're yeah, getting sure. more than points per game. They have, they, I mean, they're they're they are four points back of the Blue Jackets in first, but they have games at hand. They have the, right. they have the best goal differential in in their division. It's just that's it's that's crazy. We that's I, crazy. I I feel like the, you know the, they are. Somehow it's just mind blowing. Yeah, it's it's we've listed like so many bad things and they're still doing this. Like, <laughs> yeah, and they're gonna, they're gonna take a bite out of them Blue Jackets on December first at Nassau Coliseum. I'll yep. tell you that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Which is a topic for another time. Okay, uh, so let's see. Um, today, uh, today's moment of trots, uh, or should I? You know, I was thinking, should it be the Tau of trots or the moment of trots? Because. Moment of trots, I, I think I feel as a callback to the Daily Show moment of Zen, which I feel like is a dom dom thing that he's he's quoted. I might be wrong, uh, but then the Tao of trots is, has that sort of Stanley alliteration thing going on. So, yeah, I mean this uh, week could be the Tao of trots. I think it can be. Yeah. I think it can definitely be the Tao of trots this week. Uh, maybe maybe we'll, we'll see what sticks. Um, but uh, he said after the after the Stars game, uh, something you know he talked about how bad that second period was, and uh, I feel like he he there's a line that he gave out that I think is good advice for all of us and that is uh if you're he was his thing was uh he felt a lot of his players were feeling sorry for themselves because they went down you know three goals or whatever 
And his response was, don't feel sorry for yourself. Get back into the game. Nice. So there you go. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Yeah. Get back into the game. And I think that's that, that really works. Because like we were just saying, the Islanders are, are punching above their weight, but it weirdly feels like the rug isn't going to be pulled out from under us still. Like, you know, yeah. like I don't, I just, I am, you know, now that I say it, that they'll probably lose like 12 in a row, but uh, it just doesn't <laughs> feel like it. Like, like every, yeah. every loss for my whole life, every loss of an Islander season, I'm like, well, that's just going to, this is the, the snowball moment. And it just still doesn't feel like that's coming, which is yeah, not as assuring as I thought it would be. <laughs> the uh the i mean and I, that's all due to the coach i think yeah i mean i yeah. think that you know the the post-game presser is always is now appointment television as is the the practice things too you yeah know, and, and is watching and is watching like the entire staff behind the bench like trots and uh what's his name Lambert. yeah Lambert. <laughs> like he, <laughs> he looks like he's doing so it's such a like really important things <laughs> It's, yeah right. I, I couldn't stop watching him yesterday. I was like, Look, "Who's who, what is this guy doing? Like he's running all over the place, telling people to do stuff. That's not what they're supposed <laughs> to do. They're just supposed to yell at like after right. the game and on the bus. You're supposed to hear that Greg Cronin was really pissed off about the power play. Yeah, and uh, and Scott Gomez just sort of hanging around. Yeah, he just sort of stands there. And uh, and John Gruden is the other guy. Not not Raiders John Gruden. Fortunately, this guy seems to know what he's doing. Raiders John Gruden has got a lot. Raiders John Gruden, I think, would switch positions with islanders john gruden immediately right now if he could <laughs> it's not not a good scene out there with the raiders right now so uh so we got the better john gruden yeah so there you go we got the better lindros that? and the better gruden <laughs> wow better lindros my god that, i'm gonna end it right there because it doesn't get better than the, than the better lindros um tell everybody your your twitter account again the big lebowski but now i'm starting to think that i should just make it the better lindros Wow. I wonder if there is one. You'd have to look and see because yeah. there might be one. But uh, for now, before Mike changes it to the better <laughs> Lindros, it's the big Lebowski with two E's. You can follow him on Twitter. Um, you should read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, you should read our two articles. Uh, Travis had a great article today about the Islanders uh, scoring five on five and, and who's looking weird there. Scott Mayfield, hello. We see you. Uh, so, so you should definitely check that out. Uh, that's a good one. And uh, shout out to Paulie C, another Seaford guy. We found out in the comments. So there you go. Hey, Paulie, here you are on the podcast. You're a Seaford guy. So I'm saying your name. Congratulations. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> it, if you. It, it's great that if you look on a map, it's Seaford. And we said like it's just such a great name for Long, a Long Island town. But it's just. Right. It, but to Long Islanders, it's Seaford. Yes, yes, the the F-O-R-D becomes F-I-D in a heartbeat. And I find myself doing it, too, and I hate it. Oh, that. I do it all the time. To, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. But the, the problem is it's not famous enough that you can, like, do it and people still know what you're talking about. You have to kind of, like, say, no, it's Seaford. Yeah, so not like Massapequa. Everybody knows Massapequa. Yeah, so you can say it in a silly, silly way. Uh, but thank you very much for listening. Have a great Thanksgiving. Uh if it's Thursday, don't listen to us. <laughs> turn turn the podcast thing off and go enjoy your family. Go enjoy your dinner. Come back on Friday. You got like, you know, all day before that Devils game so you can listen to us then. And uh, thank you very much for listening. We are thankful for you for listening to our podcast. Very thankful. To Mike and I. Very thankful to, for just letting letting us riff on whatever it is that we're talking about and better Lindrosses and things like that uh, right now. So we will be back next week. Uh after the Caps game, I guess, sometime before the, the Bruins game. We'll talk then. Uh, thanks for, a lot, and have a great holiday. Bye-bye. 
Okay.